This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, February 3rd, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. It's easy for Americans to take this country for granted, do immigrants. Since tech entrepreneur Amjad Massad has been in the U.S., he's borne witness to what makes the U.S. so special. And for entrepreneurs, he argues there's just no place on earth with quite the same upside. As of this recording, I guess it was a few weeks ago that you threw out this uh, long Twitter thread as about your experience as an immigrant working in the tech sector. And it was almost an appreciation for the United States. Uh, what what spurred you to to say that? Yeah, we've been here, my wife and I, uh, we've been here for 10 years now. So I immigrated to the United States in uh, early 2012. It was January 2012, so 10 years to almost to the day. And, you know, we built a life we're very grateful for. I mean, we've done work that we're very happy about. We've assembled a team that we're so proud of, a, a friends and community that we're appreciative of. We were just very grateful for our life. And as, as part of that, we were just reflecting, would, have, would it have been possible anywhere else? Like the, the success, um, you know, both the business and material success, but, but also just the, the life that we've uh, been able to build. And, um, and uh, we started talking about it at the dinner table and we were just, you know, we just started talking about what, um, what was so special about this country. And that, that tweet thread with the 10, uh, 10 items uh, list came from that uh, discussion. So where are you and your wife from? We're from Jordan. Um, we uh, grew up, um, I was born and raised in Jordan um, to actually two, two immigrants. So we're multiple generations of immigrants. My father came from the West Bank um, and his family from, from Palestine. And my, my mom uh, came from uh, Algeria to Jordan. Both of them came looking for a better life, kind of fleeing war and, and other things. My wife's uh, family also from, uh, from Palestine. And um, she, uh, she was born and raised in Abu Dhabi, actually, and then came to Jordan. That's where we, uh, we met. So we, we sort of come from multiple generations of immigrants. So your list uh, your items, 10, 10 years, 10 items of an appreciation yes. for what you have achieved in the, in the context of the United States. What were they? So number one was uh, work ethic. And, um, you know, work ethic uh, is, um, you know, something that really, really surprised me when I came, uh, when I first, you know, uh, came to the United States and and got out and um, start seeing the world was like everyone took pride of their work. Like you could be a barista and you want to make the best coffee. You could be a janitor and you want to make sure that the floor is is the cleanest. And you and um, and of course you want to be you're an engineer and you want to make sure that whatever you're building is the best run and and the best maintained. And it, it's it's not always the case like it, it, everywhere else in the world. I think especially jobs that tend to be underappreciated uh, will 
will generally, you know, will generally be not be very well uh, done. You know, whereas in the United States, I found that everyone takes pride of their job. And, you know, I started talking to people, I started asking people um, like what, uh, like, you know, I, I remember walking up to, uh, to, to janitor or something like that at the mall. And I was like, what, you know, what drives you? Like, what, uh, why do you care so much? Like, I see you like, you know, um, I, I see you working really hard. Nobody's looking, you could be doing something else. Um, and it's like, you know, it's my job, you know, I gotta, and I, I mentioned in a thread, I say, uh, it's, it was like asking fish, what is water? So like the idea of work, hard work, work ethic is, uh, so ingrained in Americans that it's not at all surprising. And that, that fit me really well because I really care. My father taught me, um, my father told me a line that stuck with me, which was anything worth do, anything worth doing is worth doing well. Right. And that always stuck with me. And I think Americans really appreciate that. So what were some of the other items that you uh, pointed out that are relatively unique to America and your experience that make it a good place for entrepreneurs? Yeah. So uh, the uh, second one I talked about uh, was a lack of corruption. So, you know, the idea I mentioned that in the 10 years that I've been here, I uh, was never asked for a bribe. And especially if you're doing business and, you know, you're um, in a lot of other places in the world, including the ones that I that I came from, you're at some point going to run into government officials that and and maybe even cops or, or whatever that will ask you for for a bribe. And it's sort of socially accepted thing to do. And um and they, they can be nice about it and all of that, but it's still kind of a, kind of a, you know, like, you know, if you don't comply, if you don't do this thing, you know, you're going to lose your business. We're going to make it very hard for you to, to do business. And in the United States, um, I mean, incorporating a business is so easy and like, it's just nobody gets in your way. Like you just do your thing. Like you start a business and, and start doing work. And, uh, um, you know, and as long as you're following the law, like you really have nothing to worry about. And then, you know, that's on the micro level, on the macro level, the the fact that, you know, you can, you can see yourself getting really successful and generating a lot of value to the world and wealth as well. And uh, being able to keep at least some of that, you know, I know, I know we have high taxes and I'm happy to pay the taxes, uh, cause, cause I love this country. Um, and, uh, and that's fine, but it's predictable, right? Like you, um, like, you know how much you're going to keep. And it's, it's not like this variable thing. A lot of other places in the world, once you become successful, the sharks come out and like, maybe, you know, people want a piece of your business. Like, um, you know, I was reading about this entrepreneur out of uh, Russia who created like the Facebook of Russia, VK. And they essentially took the site from him once they got really big, you know, and that, that happens all the time all over the world. And, you know, the fact that there's no this micro or macro level corruption, uh, from my point of view, uh, was what made it a lot easier to, okay, start businesses and be ambitious, uh, et cetera. Do you think that's a common attitude, the, your attitude about the United States, especially in uh, the tech sector, uh, that 
hey, wow, was, but you know, there are a lot of foreigners who start businesses in the United States. They're they're far more likely than Americans to start new businesses when they get here. Um, is that a commonly held view in the tech sector that, wow, this is a great place to start a new enterprise or is it largely taken for granted? Among the immigrant class, uh, I would say yes. Uh, it's people, and by the way, the response to the thread, a lot of the very positive, agreeable responses has has been from immigrants like me just telling their story as well. And you can see it in the replies. Um, and the, um, you know, I, I think, I think the, uh, you know, some of the more, uh, kind of native born people, sometimes they lose sight and they also haven't experienced anything else. And so they're a lot more down on their country. And, um, and I think a lot of them instinctively know that it is still the best place to start to start a business and it's we're still on the you know bleeding edge of technology um but but you know it, it is overwhelmingly so for immigrants to think that oh my god like i am at a place where it's the best place to be starting businesses and starting startups what are some of the other uh points that you made i know you made 10 you mentioned two of them what were what were some of the other ones that uh really resonated with people yeah, so um, uh, win-win mindset is, uh, is is something I talk about, um, and this this idea is kind of related to the lack of uh, corruption. But um, the fact that, like, when you're doing business, broadly speaking, generally speaking, um, you're you don't feel like you're getting squeezed left and right. Like, I think people, and this is related to another point that I make about optimism. Uh, I think Americans are very uniquely, um, very uniquely uh, have this uh, abundance mindset as opposed to scarcity. I think in the other parts of the world, in the older parts of the world, there's this more of a scarcity mindset because of generation after generation of lack of change or lack of progress. Um, it, whereas the U.S. is new, you know, we we have this history of exploration, we have this history of growth. Um, there is this abundance mindset that like, yes, we can create something new together and we can grow the pie and we're, we're both going to get rich. I mean, you see it in Silicon Valley, the concept of equity, you know, um, there are a lot of other industries are very debt-based. Uh, Silicon Valley, everyone wants to get a piece of your business. They want to help you. They want to, um, and, and, and this idea of the cap table, you know, creates this win-win situation. Um, and a lot of deals gets done by exchanging equity as opposed to, to to money. And that creates a mindset, especially in Silicon Valley, of let's all win together. Right. It, the idea of, of exchanging equity, that's very future-oriented. It's not present-oriented or past-oriented. It's what's going to happen to this company. How valuable is my equity going to be? Exactly. And that's uh, that gets to the other point, which is optimism, right? It's like, uh, you have to be optimistic about the future in order to have that sort of mindset because the future is going to be better, right? And uh, and we're going to share, you know, part of that wealth in the future. Tell me about your business. So uh, we um, we build tools for programmers. Um, we, we want to make programming more accessible. So, um, you know, traditionally, 
if you want to get into coding, into programming, software development, you have to spend a lot of time uh, downloading software, managing your software, um, setting up the environment. And, you know, today everything, sh- you know, is getting easier. Now we're, we're recording this podcast on Riverside. It's just on, on a website. You know, believe it or not, software for a long time was not like that. And you couldn't just open a website and start learning how to code and start coding. And so our company, Replit, uh, you go to replit.com and then you can start coding in any language you like right in the browser. You don't even have to pay. You just create a free account and and start coding. And then you can host whatever you built. So you can go from writing your first line of code to building your business without entirely without leaving your browser window, without installing any software. You, all you need is a computer. The cheaper, the better. So uh, the tech sector has had problems getting talent to come to the United States, particularly businesses that have... Uh, massive needs for engineers. Uh, They've had very uh, difficulties doing that. What is your advice to uh, lawmakers and policymakers to say, hey, these are people that we need and um, make it easier for us? Yeah, I mean, the, the tech sector is, you know, the growth is not stopping at all. The bottleneck is talent. It's just talent. Like, there's, uh, that's it. Like, you know, we have, you know, we're flush with capital, Silicon Valley is. We have big ideas. We have entrepreneurs with really ambitious big ideas, but everyone's just fighting over talent. And, you know, you can you can sort of go remote and go international and hire from outside, but it's not the same. It's not the same when you're sort of all uh, in the same place. I mean, it's getting better. Uh, remote work is getting better. Uh, people are hiring internationally, but there's still time zone differences. There's still a lot of issues. So I think we just need more people. And, you know, from those people, you're going to get um, another wave of entrepreneurs because I came in as an employee. I came in on an O-1 visa, um, alien of extraordinary ability, and I contributed to another startup called Code Academy, uh, was first engineer there. And then I went on and worked at Facebook uh, right right after their IPO um, and built tools there as well for programmers. A lot of those tools are open source and so contributed to the larger ecosystem and then started my business. And so when you're bringing in talents, you're also bringing in future job creators and future entrepreneurs. Um, and, um, and and so honestly, it's it's kind of sort of disheartening to see especially Silicon Valley, struggle to attract talent. And it's not just the immigration policies, but it's also, you know, the housing prices here are uh, are absolutely insane. Like, you know, I've, I've had friends who wanted to save money, who were living in vans, who were living in boats, who were living, there's a lot of creative ways people are kind of in the, in the Bay Area. And there's so much land, right? But we're not building enough um to uh to kind of let people come in and and create a life for themselves um and, and look i mean we're we're competing you know we're competing with china now if you look at um if you look at the tech sector if you look at uh, you know as simply as tiktok tiktok is the major the new major 
social media platform, right? It's, it's growing like crazy. Its engagement is a fun app. It's totally Chinese execution. They know how to build things. You know, we um, in the past, you know, people uh, just thought, oh, China can just copy things. They can't innovate or they can't, but that's not true at all now. They can innovate. They can build totally new things. And if we, if we're not competing, if we're not bringing in the best and the brightest in the world to America to create the next set of technologies, we're just going to lose out. They're going to just, you know, they're just going to win the tech sector. Amjad Massad is founder and CEO of Replit. Subscribe to and give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.